What's up, guys? Welcome to Just So We're Clear, a podcast brought to you straight out of Singapore with your hosts, Marissa True and myself, Hanley Hofer. Now, if you've listened to us before, well, you know the deal. But if you're new here, well, hey, welcome. So on this show, we cover pretty much everything to do with modern life, female empowerment, sex, mental health, finances, you name it, we do it in the most uncut way possible. Mm -hmm. So grab a coffee, maybe even a glass of wine. No, definitely some wine. Light a scented candle. Or maybe you're at the gym or you're cooking your dinner. But consider this next hour your time to feel like you're not alone. Because trust us, we get it. It's just so we're clear. Well, hello, dear listeners. Here we are, back in our seats, back in front of the microphone. It has been a long season of not connecting with you, but we've returned and we've missed you. We have missed you so much. It has been a chaotic year. I don't even think that it's just for the two of us. I think globally this year, I mean, the fact that it's already end of July, it, it, I have no words. I've never felt such intensity and chaos crammed between the last three months like these last three months. 2023 has been the year of chaos, mm. which is interesting because we've always spoken about like embrace chaos, lean into it. And then suddenly it's just a perpetual state of chaos. And we're like, wow, mm. this is reckless. I mean, they just admitted that UFOs are real. That was crazy. Just, and what, my favorite part, everyone was like, oh, OK, yeah. No, genuinely. Such like a down-tempo reaction. And this is why. I think everyone is so caught up in our own shit that we just don't have the capacity to give the full reaction of, Holy oh, shit. aliens. Like, yeah. we just don't. Like, actually, I, I'm not, like, you know me. I'm not surprised. When they announce the news, I'm kind of like, that's cool, but okay. I frankly think that that's why people didn't react that crazily because everyone, I feel like for the most part, everyone's like, yeah, the probability that we're not the only ones that are alive in the mm. universe is pretty high. So when they were like, oh, confirmed, aliens exist, we're just like, chilled. I feel like I knew that. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you feel bad about removing your tattoo though because now they don't know you're on side. They're just yes. like, my early 20s year old tattoo of an alien head. It's halfway done. Because so you just leave the rest. Because it's like, it's a <laughs> faded alien. It actually looks a bit more DIY now. Because <laughs> it's yeah. like blurry. <laughs> like you got it in the back of some van on the yeah. night out. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Yeah, because they're going to look at that and be like, this girl used to have faith. But if that is just not a good representation of where we're at collectively, of just being so overwhelmed in our own bubbles, that the fact that aliens have been confirmed, not only to exist, but to already be here, they've like studied them, they've got samples, they have the bowdies. I want to see them. I, I want to touch them. I wonder what it looks like. What do you think? It, just like off the top of your head. What does it look like? <laughs> the first thing that came in my head was Lord Farquaad. <laughs> Like, I saw just, like, a small little man with a weird haircut. Just, like, really short bangs. So short with a bowl cut. Oh. And, like, a Darth Vader hair. I was not ready for that, but I am not disappointed. <laughs> what did you envision? Your tattoo? 
no. Roswell type, like skinny fingers. No, 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 no. The alien, honestly, the one that I imagined. Do you remember that movie that came out and like Coneheads? The, not Coneheads. It's called like the in- Alien Invasion. Oh, God, I don't remember it. The ones where it's like Alien versus Predator type. No, where it's, like, the one weird where heads? the one where basically this like bimbo got her head changed with her chihuahua. Mars attack. Mars attack. Where it's basically oh. like a fishbowl with a brain in it. Yeah. And their tiny little red underwear. Yeah. That movie gave me so much ick. But I watched it so many times. You know, I actually realized that I became the girl sitting on the rock praying. <laughs> <laughs> you guys remember that character? Just microdosing she's, and yeah, hoping. She's like <laughs> sitting on a sarong on a rock and they arrive and she's like, yeah. That's, that's low-key now. That's not low-key. That's high-key you. Thank you. <laughs> also like to think parts of me is the chihuahua bimbo combo. I'm the guy that throws the bird into the air. He's like, they come in peace. Yeah. And they shoot the bird. <laughs> <laughs> we need to watch that movie. We, do. we really <laughs> need to watch it. So anyways, it's been a chaotic three months. The years have been just getting more and more impressive. Um, in terms of the wow factor. Yeah, the what the fuck mark is at an all-time high. Yeah, but if anything, guys, that is our attempt at reasoning why we've been so absent. The truth is, this year we did not see coming in terms of our other engagements, family, work, just everything else took front seat. And that is why we were not able to drive this podcast the way we promised to be honest and so for that genuinely we're sorry if we've let a few of you down yeah I mean I do think we are sorry but at the same time I think everyone can also empathize and understand that sometimes there are much bigger things at play but I do find it really funny that we really started January 2023 being like you know what this year is the theme of consistency and what are we going to be consistent about the podcast and the thing we've been most consistent about is our inconsistency <laughs> so there's an irony there yeah. that i would like to acknowledge in a way we funny. did it <laughs> <laughs> it's so on brand <laughs> and i think that if you are surprised by this you are not as good a listener as i thought you were <laughs> <laughs> we're like that friend that one you message we're like dot 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 and you see it but it never actually gets sent. Yes. And I'm sorry for that. And actually, I think I'm kind of low-key that person in real life too, but there's a reasoning to why I am not the best texter. You are the worst texter because when you text, you're so abrupt. I'm like, does she hate me? I've had this feedback before. If I'm not texting with rainbows and smileys, I'm like, RBF through messaging. Okay, I, no. I don't understand the thin balance of the two. I'm if, either really enthusiastic or just direct. If you came at me with emojis, I would be like, she's just killed somebody. Like, it would be so out of character for you. But... Or it's Friday night at 1 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh my God, come, it's fun. Come. <laughs> but... You, I remember, oh, it's just Han, when you voice note, and then I'm like, oh, okay, there she is. But here's the thing. Like with most messaging and coming back to replying things, the reason that I am not, I think, I'm not like 100% always with my messaging is because I would rather wait for the right time where I can collect myself and give my full energy back into a quality response. So we're saying that we are the podcast equivalent of, hey, oh my God, I'm sorry, I just saw this, and then replying. Yes, but a quality ass reply, like a voice note. 
consider this episode quality ass. This is the <laughs> this is the voice note that we've been saving up for you because man, it's been a lot ugh, a lot. It's just been a lot. Where this, do we even begin? Um boyfriends? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, we'll start. Well, no, 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 let's do let's get our good old grounding little check-in. What's it called again? MEPS or MEPS. Our M E P S. This is our little thing we do. I advise you to take it on to your friendship circles. M stands for mental, E, emotional, P, physical, physical, <laughs> and S, spiritual. So it's a bit of a rundown. <laughs> Sorry. That got to it. What? <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> I forgot how funny we are on air. <laughs> and we're just going to do a little rundown to check in with where we're at. So you with the cackle, you start. <laughs> Well, clearly, I'm pretty good. <laughs> um, mentally, mentally, I mean, it's a pretty stressful time. There's a lot going on. It's mainly to do with work because the economy still be bad, uh, but we're getting through it. Emotionally, I feel pretty good. I'm taking care of things. I have monitored my anxiety a bit better as of recently. Physically, I just got back from Japan where I was definitely eating in the human equivalent of four meals a day. And portion sizes for a rugby player. So we got some work to do. Well, you were there. traveling with a rugby player. I was. And I really thought to myself, I can eat the same amount as him. That's You can. You shouldn't, as it turns out. Um, Is this like your little equality like, like moment where it's like, I can eat the same as you? No, it's more like if we're going to be splitting the bill, we're going to be splitting the food. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. Fair. <laughs> and then... Uh, spiritually i feel good I, I feel like there's a chapter of work that i need to kind of get back into but i know it's going to happen in time so i don't feel rushed to do it i just know that it's kind of there on my spiritual to-do list can if you, you know expand what I mean. on that because i don't so i feel like in the last three years i opened up a lot more to spirituality i learned a lot of the vocab and kind of like the frameworks for understanding and it's felt really good it's felt like a really great way to rejig my perspective of the world and life around me but i just feel like i kind of in the chaos of work and starting a new relationship and just trying to take care of the bare basics i sort of forgot to keep up with that Okay. So I just want to get so back what is, into it. Wait, what is that then for you? What does What is your definition of spirituality for you? I think it's finding the calm that I always used to achieve with basic things like meditation and also just listening to, you know, that little inner voice like intuition. Okay. Because I think I've been overriding everything by logic because a lot of the circumstances I've been in recently have just required logic and practicality but it's meant that like a lot of these things feel very like hard cornered boxes and I'd like them to soften again and I always achieve that through basic practices like spirituality going on a walk trying your women's circles that sort of thing okay so yeah. for you it, yeah it's your version of peace intuition yeah. having the space to listen to your inner voice yeah slowing down and not being you know a high performer mm. putting that sort of like 
high achieving virtuous goal to the side and being like the calm and the mm. relaxation is equally as valuable and as virtuous. Totally. You know? I love asking that question. I think I want to ask more people that question because I think when we, first of all, everyone is on a spiritual journey and everyone is at full right to define what that means to them. Mm -hmm. um, and spirituality has no uniform or outward experience or, I mean, excuse me, outward uh, appearance. You can never know what someone relates to um, in terms of their faith, their spirit, just by their outer shell. So it is one of my favorite topics to get into because it is probably outside of talking about our feelings a lot, talking about love, mm -hmm. talking about, for me, spirituality is the thing that shows me people's most like human side. Yeah, because it kind of shows you what people connect to the most organically. Yes. And you can never really predict that. Yeah, even the most uh, left brain people have their own definition of what spirituality mm. means to them. I think so. Because I think about my dad and, you know, he he is like on paper and from the outside, he looks like a real hippie. And like he, he's German, but he is totally um, he is an atheist, hardcore. Like he doesn't he like can respect religion. He loves it. He thinks there's a lot of beauty in it. But I've spoken to him about life after death. And for him, it's like, no, we disintegrate to the earth and we are reborn. We decompose. We, we become the tree. And then, you know, we fertilize the ground. Dying. Honey, it is called the carbon cycle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I'm like, what about souls? He's like, well, <laughs> that sounds like gas. Well, <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't really have that but you would not think that from what he appears thus on the outside so like maybe. the most bohemian atheist i think i've ever encountered yes yes yeah um but nice you feel like you are at a good spot right now your aura is healthy yes i'd say so there were a couple dips but as there are always so it's not perfect but i'd say in as far as i've just come back from a holiday right so I'm on a higher high than I think I would be on average. Fair. Um, okay. Okay, you go. My turn. Mips. <laughs> <laughs> um, Every once in a while, I'm just going to text you when you and I haven't spoken in a while and just be like, Mips, go. Yeah. Uh, use that on my kids. <laughs> no, real talk. <laughs> We're going to be around the dinner table. I'll be like, everybody, Mips. So um, mentally, I feel... I feel uh, recharged. I feel like very creative. I think I'm at a point where I'm ready to start really putting in the work of bringing back my women's circles, of bringing mm -hmm. back my intention of building community in a more, you know, in-person setting. Um, and so watch the space because I've been away, but it's going to come back. So I feel motivated. Emotionally, I feel incredibly full I had my 31st birthday last week and and I you know how I said to you it was so awesome because everyone in the room I loved so deeply and I also felt their love for me and I had such a moment of just like abundant gratitude that this is my community. Mm -hmm. and I was like, "Oh my god, I don't know what I did in this life or previous to deserve what I have in front of me, but it just it filled my cup so much and I'm still I'm still a little drunk from that. So I'm feeling good emotionally. Um, physically, could be better. Could be better. I've definitely put on the relationship pounds. The boyfriend things. The, oh God, guys, nothing makes you gain weight faster than being in love. Can we talk about that? 
We are going to talk about that. Yeah. You need to finish your maps and then we're going to go right to yeah, that. We need to talk I about that. Comments. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm on the love handle situation. It's not a, like not a bad thing, but damn. Oh my God. It's so much more to hold. <laughs> <laughs> and spiritually, I, for the first time in a really long time, I actually am feeling very connected to the oneness of the universe. The universe. Truly. You are the one. Yeah. The I, chosen one. I've been I've had some really interesting experiences in the last two months. Um, one of which was the funeral of my boyfriend's late father. And there's just something really sobering about mm. our existence as just humans. Um, when you are confronted with the inevitable, which is death. So there's something that's really shifted within after I've experienced that, because I've never, I've not experienced being around someone who's passed away, nor or have I had a loved one that has passed away. So this was the first for me. And it's definitely shifted some things around and I've done some work around it and other things. And yeah, for the first time in a long, long time, I'm feeling like that girl in Mars attack sitting on a rock. Just meditating, being so grateful for their presence before yeah. they shoot my pigeon. That until they do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I see you because I think I think something as heavy as that goes to show how many different types of grief there are in the world. Because we've spoken about what grieving looks like when it relates to heartbreak, but death is a whole different form of heartbreak mm. that I don't think anyone can understand. In even if you've experienced it before, it's almost like you forget how to understand or relate as it as when someone else goes through it. So watching your loved one lose their loved one is a whole other experience. And also losing a parent. I cannot. We spoke about this and I cried about it yeah, on our podcast. I know, but losing a parent, I and you know, we are so fortunate. We're so lucky to have both of our parents with us. Um, but I guess to those who have lost a parent and from seeing my partner go through it, that is a bridge that once you cross, only others on the other side will truly understand you. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it was really heavy. <sighs> yeah, well, it was a beautiful experience. And also, just a little context, he passed um, at the end of his life. It truly was his time. He had been fighting a lot of medical problems and it was just his time. But mm -hmm. the way that his family did it um, to truly surround him at his bedside by members who love him and also to not make it like a heavy morning situation to fill the room with music and jokes and light. So it's to celebrate his life rather than like grieve his yeah. loss. Yeah. So this is the thing I learned. Um when I before when I would have the image of someone on their deathbed, I would have this scene in my head of the person in their bed and then like the family members around him or her yeah. crying, mourning. Yeah. But actually, if you think about it, if this was their final moments on this earth with you, wouldn't you want them to yeah. be enjoying it? You would want to be surrounded by everyone laughing and I guess giving you the comfort that when you are gone, everyone will be okay. Yeah. So what they did, they played his favorite music. They like went around telling jokes. Of what course, was his were, favorite song? Well, there was like Irish stuff, like oh. folk music. But, you know, they filled the room with life and love and this light energy, which I just, I didn't, I wouldn't have thought to do if the situation happened to me. I think it's also a cultural thing because, for example, if you, I don't know if you've ever seen a Balinese cremation or a Balinese funeral where 
it is actually looked down upon to be sad because the entire exercise is the celebration of their life and also the celebration that they are passing from this life into their next because mm. obviously they believe in reincarnation and it's such a festive thing that it really reconceptualizes how much our grief is culturally related i mean you're still obviously going to be sad mm. because you're still losing a loved one but like how it's publicly celebrated is so beautiful yeah there's just so much in terms of that department of life that neither of us have really walked in on yet we don't know it as well as others yeah. um but I'm really grateful to absorb the lessons of just being a witness and being close and intimate with the family during that time. And it's true, you know, like at the end of someone's life, even though, of course, it is sad, we need to always remember to celebrate them. Yeah, I actually remember my grandmother's funeral, which was about 12 years ago now. And we went to the ceremony and I was a mess because I was so close to my grandmother. I cried. I couldn't see through my eyes. I couldn't sing the hymns because I was just devastated. And then afterwards, obviously, you know, when the ceremony ended and the emotional peak sort of came down, we all just went to this Riverside Cafe and everyone was everyone from the funeral was just eating slices of cake together and just laughing and joking and like chatting about stories of how they knew her. And it was just so happy that you almost forgot not forgot but like the pain sort of eased mm. a lot it didn't become this like stabbing feeling it was just this softness that mm. came into the room and it was it was wonderful but I mean it doesn't take away from the fact it's just a very difficult process anyway yes yeah so anyway guys not to dwell too much on this topic but it was a big month um, when that happened and I think it was that was in uh, June yeah it was end it was of June. end of June and so I was yeah. in the UK for a month you were away you were all over the place mentally and physically <laughs> <laughs> I was actually in the UK and I flew back right as you flew to the UK everyone was in London this yeah. summer everyone's still in London and this I summer. missed all of it I literally flew home as everybody left Singapore to the city I was just in and I cannot tell you how livid I was but I was I was there for work I was filming a documentary mm. which was super interesting Look at your production life about AI Ooh. and turns out it's going to kill us all <laughs> <laughs> it will be the death of us but we're going to look cute in like a fun way because <laughs> it's AI darling you'll be like wow filters that's... filters <laughs> kill us but like in an impressive way. <laughs> um, so gathering the last three, two months of your life, what would you say was the overarching theme or the lesson that you clearly took away from it? I don't know about the lesson, but I did reflect on how much of an adjustment I had to make in terms of being in a new relationship and having to think for two than for one because mm. I have been single for the better part of three years since my last relationship and then suddenly I'm getting texts being like hey where are you and forgetting that I just had to inform someone of my whereabouts and I was like I'm so sorry mm. so it's reminding yourself of what that partnership routine actually kind of looks like that's confront I was like oh shit I can't be selfish anymore. You can. Yeah, you can. I yeah. am. <laughs> Actually, be more selfish. Yeah, I take the last bite of food. Yeah, um, overcompensate, if anything. Overcompensate. <laughs> so true. So entering a new relationship, 
after, yeah, your time of really just being in a relationship with yourself. That's crazy. And also getting to know who you are in a relationship because single Marissa and taken Marissa are different girls. So we've actually had this discussion, but I want to bring it up because we've been discussing the dynamic of when you are in a partnership with someone who has such a balanced sense of femininity or masculinity that just by being in that dynamic, you realize that you're femininity or masculinity shifts in that space it's wild so what's happened for you because it's been a while since you've been in the like heteronormative like yeah like masculine dude and you female woman what's it like it's more noticing that it's not like oh now i'm with a man that I'm more in my feminine and when i'm single i'm more in my masculine which is how i actually thought it was but then over the course of time, because we've been together for like seven months now, it's noticing that it's actually a bit more of like this energetic dance. Like there are times where he's in his feminine, I'm more in my masculine and then vice versa. So if I need emotional counsel and support and seeing what that looks like coming from him versus when I need someone who's going to come to me with solutions and he's very much in his masculine or vice versa. And just noticing that we kind of naturally find ourselves taking the right approach depending on what the other part what the other state of the partner is in but then when we accidentally match for example and we're both in our masculine then we argue or like we're both in our feminine and then we're both sad about something <laughs> like, mm. you know what i mean it's really interesting to watch that interplay mm-hmm. and how are you with your feminine now because single you was more in your masculine because you need yeah. to like raise yourself right you need yeah. to like be your own boyfriend <laughs> You do. You do, though. You know, make that money. You gotta feed yourself. Also, when you live alone, and also just a big part of being a modern woman, we are living still. I roll, but we are living in a very patriarchal world. It's a man's world, and so a lot of the ways the structures have been set up are not supportive of our natural, like, feminine state. This is what I believe, at least. Yeah, it's the principle of it's a man's world. Totally. So you were living that very hardcore for a while. So now that you're able to, I guess, soften into your feminine because you have this dynamic with this guy, what's that Mm. been like for you to just do that? Just like loosen and soft? Have you? Yeah, I would say I have. I think I'm still naturally geared towards the masculine just because I enjoy it and Mm -hmm. I feel good in it. But it's noticing... When I become like, I guess, much softer, much more nurturing, like, oh, I want to prep food or like I want to clean up the apartment and like do the nesting things. (laughs) Just the way you said that, the nesting things. Yeah, it's because it's weird. It's so foreign (laughs) to me. Yeah. Like I'll come in and be like, oh, let me just let me just tidy that. Like, let me just make sure that that's easy for him. Let me look after him. Let me nurture him or us, our space for us. Yeah. And little boy brain in the back is just like, Marissa, ew. that's interesting i've always wondered well everyone has different experiences in this and i love that there's a lot of at least i've experiencing a lot of conversations around like the rise in femininity the rise in a lot of women softening into their feminine whatever that means to them again all individual and different experiences um because i think it's important to allow ourselves to access both sides with grace and with comfort and acceptance. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And it's also really fun to be able to because you're like, today I'm manly. <laughs> yeah. So have you? are you baby girl vibes? 
I... Are you like little maiden vibes sometimes? Sometimes. Like, I think it's also been interesting to see how important it is for... How to put this? For at least in my relationship, the man to feel needed. And because I'm very stubborn and I'm very much like, nope, I can take care of myself. I've taken my care I've taken care of myself for this long and I don't need you to come in and just take over stuff. But noticing not only how much it takes the stress off me, but how much it lights him up when I'm like, I need you, like I need your help mm-hmm. here, or I need you to just be here with me. And that's been really interesting because I just haven't experienced, I haven't experienced that in years. Mm -hmm. And also just being like, I will accept that help. Mm. Because normally I'd be like, I see you trying, but stubborn attitude me would be like, I don't need it. Mm. Like, that's cute of you and thank you and I appreciate it. Thumbs up for that. But don't worry, I got it. So the theme that I hear hear through that is also a theme of receiving, which which is actually where I'm currently at with just... Just, I think this is just the extended summer, spring, autumn overlapping season that I'm in. This huge over like rainbow of just receive. Mm. And I shared in a post the other day that recently I've been practicing self-love through letting others love me. Okay. Through yeah. letting others look after me, through letting myself be needed or just letting like opening the gates of just whatever needs to pour into me, just let it happen. And I think that was like, that took, I wouldn't say it took too much work to do, but I think I'm doing it a lot more intentionally and a lot more with gratitude because think about when people like compliment you or people want to help you. We just, a lot of us are just so quick to deny or to water down things, right? We're like, no, 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 don't like, Someone's like, oh, you you seem great today. Like, oh, no, no, no. You know, I'm yeah. this or that. Or, it's like if someone says, I love your top. And you're like, it was only $5. Yeah, like, oh, this whole thing, you know. Or if yeah. someone, like, says you did, uh, like, good work at your job. And you also, yeah. like, try to, like, play because it down a little bit. We're always taught to discount something positive about us should it mean that we're not being humble mm-hmm. about something. Mm-hmm. And then also think about when people offer to help us. I know so many friends who I'm like, let me help you. And they're like, no, 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 I got it. I got it. But just let somebody help you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. let. So, so the thing about just receiving intentionally has meant that for me, which is just, just let them. Let them yeah. pour in the good. And stop resisting. And I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm going to link that back to the feminine masculine thing because I don't think it's no, exclusive I or no. Because I don't I think, think men also struggle with that sometimes to like accept help. For example, do you think men struggle more than women to accept help? Mm, I think so. I, I mean, I, I think could it depends. Be wrong. I think it depends on what. Yeah. Firstly, it's not a general statement. It also depends on the dude. Depends where they're at. But from my experience, it feels like most of the guys that I've encountered when this has come up to offer them help or something, they're more resistant than the girlfriends. I th- but I really think it depends what just because I've definitely seen, you know, other people's relationships where typically the man's a lot more of like a freeloader. Ooh. In what? terms of like taking her emotional energy, oh. like she has to do all the tasks. She's the one that keeps things clean. She's the one that manages the kids. And like she does everything except earn the money. And that's where he's where there's this like this is a very traditional 
marriage, but like his principle was of if I earn the money, you're supposed to do everything else because I take care of everything. And like all you did was go to work that day. Mm. And meanwhile, she was out doing everything else. No. And I think I think that dynamic can exist. And in that circumstance, I don't think that man is really out there worrying about his ability to handle things because he takes everything that's given to him for granted already. Disgusting scum. That man should not exist anymore. No, we're done <laughs> with that kind of dynamic. We hate that. Anyway, interesting observation. But I'm very happy for you. Um, and I love hearing women, the girlfriends, at any stage of their life um, – embrace and accept the polarity that we have all within ourselves and the ways that it is activated when we are in partnerships of mm. just these different facets of ourselves that, yeah, we can just embrace. I love seeing ladies melt into their femininity because I think a lot of us, we were raised with the whole like a girl mentality where yeah. we actually thought femininity was weak. Yeah. We thought it like being soft was lame, being recently, sensitive was a bit wet, you know, like bleh. recently actually a guy friend of mine said, What I'm about to say sounds a bit girly, but I'm gonna say it anyway. And he said just something that was very emotionally balanced and aware, and I was like, Point me at the girly bit. Yeah. Like yeah. like but okay, so this actually does go back to what you were saying is like do men struggle to accept help more than women, sort of thing. I think in that example, when it comes to emotional support, yes, I definitely think men are not quite as comfortable seeking counsel or like support. I don't think women are great at it either, to be fair. Yeah. I think in general, people are people overall, no matter what gender orientation you are, are notoriously shit mm -hmm. at asking for help, especially mm -hmm. when it comes to emotions. One million percent. I mean, in the in the dozen times that I've hosted women's circles and ladies come and I am so grateful for women who come from different age groups. Mm. Um, and, you know, you, you have this is the great thing about getting older. It's like the older you get, the realize that age don't actually matter. doesn't matter where you're at. But the older ladies come in and you look at these wonderful um women and you think oh you're further along in your journey than us so maybe you have more experience with these things and no actually to sit down and peel back and talk about emotions and just to be like open in that sense is a mm -hmm. real it's like a real it's like pulling it's like a real pull for them so it's also like a different set of problems because i was having this thing i was this thing this thought when i was walking to the gym actually and i was talking about talking thinking about um when people enter relationships, I think when you think of like a high school relationship, it's almost like that little pocket of romance is sort of trapped in time. It's like captured in resin, right? Like you're not really growing together. Mm. You're just enjoying one another. And then as you venture into adulthood, your relationships become a lot more about like this co-evolution. But there's definitely relationships that still exist in the world where it is just about enjoying one another. It's not necessarily about growth. It's just we like each other, we love each other, and we're going to stay put. And then when those relationships fall apart, I feel like, or my theory is that the set of problems you entered that relationship with is the set of problems you'll confront afterwards because you never progress oh, through. Oh, totally. So you cannot, So if, say, you were in a 10-year relationship from 20 to 30, at 30, 
you're going to be dealing with 20 year old problems. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Totally. Because yeah, because every relationship teaches you, you, you kind of learn from the breakup and the heartache and then whatever you mend, you don't take on to the next one. But in the next one, you find other reasons. <laughs> you yeah. find other things that you didn't know were there because this dynamic brings out different things in you. It's yeah, just, brand it's... new canvas, same pot of paint. This is why. <laughs> this is why I said, I'll say it again. Our ex's Currents girls should be thanking us for the, work, for the work we all do for each other. <laughs> and, you know, girls, you know what I mean. Guys, too. Everyone that you you have in your past, including me, like, including mm, us, yeah. we all help each other work on ourselves. And then the next partners that come in, we are evolved versions of ourselves yeah. because of those relationships. Yeah. But then it goes to back to this idea of like, love me as I am sort of thing, which again is low-key problematic because you're like, no, you're also supposed to be evolving and changing. You're supposed to love every iteration. You yes, know what I mean? But that's dangerous because it's not like, yes, love you as you are. There's sure, acceptance. Accept you as you are. Love yeah. Heart, love you anyway. But yeah. like, I think ex- like we talked about this. Acceptance is so much more powerful than love. Yeah. There was a, I can't remember. It was some Instagram philosopher. I don't know. Yo, he, Instagram he, is the golden teacher these days. <laughs> all right. I learned so much from these Cindy reels. Noir, I love your work. <laughs> love her. But it was about this idea that a relationship is not supposed to protect you from all your triggers. It's just supposed to give you a safe space for you to work on them after they have been triggered. And I think relationships are probably the most triggering environments ever. They are designed to trigger you almost. That and my mother. (laughs) Am I right? (laughs) High five! (laughs) I'm sorry, mom. I'm so sorry. Please don't listen to this. (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. (laughs) No, very true. Um, And so, yeah, relationships, the greatest triggers and teachers. But before we go, we do have to confront this whole happy weight gain problem. Is it a problem? It's not a problem. It tastes fucking delicious. But <laughs> it's a very tasty problem. It's an expensive problem. <laughs> because not only are you paying for meals, you're paying for new clothes, you're paying for a higher gym membership. <laughs> Girl, I gotta buy myself a new pair of pants. Because it's true, nothing makes you pack on the pounds like being in love. And the thing is that, oh, my God, now you're in love with someone who loves you for you. And if you add on 10 pounds, they probably think, oh, my God, she's even more beautiful. And you're like, God damn it. They're like, it's cute. You're like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is so much it's more of you to love. He's like, I think you're. It's ugh. It's a happy problem. It is such a happy problem. But my God, like I said, I am dating a six foot two, six foot one rugby player who needs to eat a good amount of food. And my big eyes were like, yeah, I can do the same. Yeah, yeah. You're I'll the- meet you where you're at. Yeah. <laughs> See you true. halfway. That's I'm so supportive. That's my nugget. Back off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just aggressively. And also, okay, this is this is so shameful to admit. But this is, I blame my brother for this. Because my brother was such a rapid eater that if we had something like a batch of brownies and you were not quick enough, you would not get one. So I became a defensive eater, meaning (laughs) when I am sharing food, I am so quick to lay my claim over my portion, even if it's in excess and I don't need it. I do it and I make sure I finish it. And suddenly I'm watching him continue to eat at leisure. But he's also a fast eater. So I've had to be defensive with him, too. It's a problem. I 
It's like colonialism. Yeah, it how, over the dinner table. This is how you know if someone is has siblings. It's what's happening at the dinner table. But you want to know the worst part? He's a fast eater, right? So I react by also eating fast and laying claim to my portion, as I mentioned. But this man is so sweet, so kind, so generous. He will always save the last best bites of his plate for me. Mm-hmm. And my greedy little ass is like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I just take it from him. That's well, a me problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can unpack this further. <laughs> Next episode to be continued. How to not fight over food. <laughs> um, but all of this, all of these are good problems. Actually, look at us. We're in a really good point in life right now. I'd yes. say so. I'm afraid of jinxing it, but yes. I'm afraid of jinxing it too. Actually, I, I admit, I not to sound soppy, but I think. No, I am the happiest I've been in a really long time. Look at I know. you. And I actually like was sitting just like, you know, having a cup of tea and I actually teared up with gratitude. I was like, wow, this is so great. Like I could not ask for more. Like everything is flowing. People are happy, healthy. Life feels abundant. I just, I mean, I'm in just such gratitude. I feel like you're just reaping the rewards of your last, I'm going to say half a decade of just straight work on yourself. Mm. I think that's what this is. It's not just the universe like gifting it to you. It's what you've actually rightfully earned. So thank you for saying that. Um, And before we leave, I do want to share one lesson that happened for me. And I think it's the most beautiful thing that I've been shown recently by the universe. Um, And it's this idea that because, okay, for example, say your partner, Mm -hmm. your partner is of nature. So therefore he is part of the earth, right? Human. Yeah. Carbon cycle. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. But (laughs) we are beings, we are from mother earth, we are her children. So in that mentality, your partner is earth, is nature. And when he tells you that you are amazing and he tells you that he loves you and he tells you that you are great, there are two layers to that. There is him and his soul saying that to you. Mm -hmm. But then if he is from earth, it is also the earth's message to you. And I had this click recently that actually the messengers, the messages that we are getting are just being delivered from messengers, but they're coming from a bigger source i love that so yeah so it's not just someone complimented your vibe today it's not just someone said that you're funny it's not just someone giving you props all these little nice things that come to you it's not just the one layer of this came from that person it came from the universe and i never looked at it that way and it's changed my perception completely because it's this idea of oneness that it didn't come from just him or her it came from source Mm. And that's really changed everything for me. And it's made me feel so loved by the universe. And so I just hope to like challenge you guys to take on that mindset that the little messages we get, they're from messengers of source of Gaia and she loves us. So it's basically the universe saying it noticed. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just one person giving you a compliment. It's something like something bigger is giving it through them. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. Really getting into the woo-woo shit lately. Oh, girl, you know I'm (laughs) deep in the woo-woo recently. So anyway, that perception has shifted my days and I'm over flooding with gratitude. And yes, there we go. 
That was a beautiful lesson. I don't have one to share other than <laughs> it's okay if you eat slower. <laughs> it's okay if you chew. Yeah, chew your food. Chew. <laughs> and on that note, guys, um, we'll catch you in the next one. To be honest, it'll just happen when it happens. We're going to loosen up the the, the timeline. <laughs> the discipline. We do love this podcast. We will continue we just have responsibilities to deal with. And we'll be back when we be back. Have a beautiful rest of your week. Share, like, rate, rate comment, message, um, all the good things. And uh, yeah, have a good one. And remember, the universe loves you. And we love you. And chew your food. Chew your food. Bye. Bye. <laughs>